0: Welcome back after a far too long hiatus. Come one and all to episode 17 of Tracking Our History. Everyone has heard of and or listened to Adrian Cronauer. Good morning, Vietnam! He was the most noted and prominent disc jockey in Vietnam. He was the star of Good Morning Vietnam.
1: Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ.
0: But did you know there were other ways of entertainment? There are two that I know of. One was a wee morning rock and roll show. We will talk with Bruce Mann, Boston, in another episode. Today, we are going to interview a knowledgeable Vietnam vet for the other. Today's guest is Andy Crazy Lima-Anderson. Andy and I served in the NAM at about the same time. We were, however, in different companies, though the same 3rd Tank Battalion. Andy's stories are real-life happenings from Vietnam. These stories are personal glimpses into the daily routine of a bunch of kids cutting a wide path in American history. Andy will talk about many things, but chiefly will introduce and talk about a Vietnam talk show of sorts. I'm going to turn this over to Andy and have him first begin by sharing some of the operations he was involved with. Mike's yours. Go ahead.
1: All right. Thanks, Tree. Um, well, you know, uh, as tankers, everybody knows that you were lucky to have a whole platoon together. If not just a a, a separated uh, uh, light and heavy section. And uh, in, in Charlie Company, anyway, because I later went to Bravo when Charlie got stood down. Um, the the whole thing was just as we like to put it, we didn't have a lot of adult supervision, <laughs> And, uh, you know, we still got our jobs done. We were all a bunch of pissed off kids removed uh, surgically from our hot rods. And, uh, you know, you got to do something just to break up, you know, the monotony of, you know, periods of boredom separated by uh, moments of uh, stark share. Uh, boo, easy for me to say. Dark terror. Yeah. And, uh, well, one of those was, since we were so scattered out, the bullshit freak, which, if any of you guys remember, was the big monster radio yeah. in the middle of the two brick 25s, and the bullshit freak was all the way at the end of that FM dial, 7595. Yeah. And uh, I found out about it and had spoke to a, a few folks in early, uh, well, mid-68, but uh, Frank and I became, you know, so he was tree. Uh, we, we became absolutely correspondents, and I don't think we were able to tell each other where we were, but...
0: No, no.
1: <laughs> well, we certainly uh, managed to get what was going on at that moment, yeah. and I, I, I talked to Frank from, uh, you know, Tien and Zielin and Ocean View, and uh, well, ultimately uh, on the river at uh, Matsutai, um, and then uh, when we were pulled off the river back in Quang Creek, uh, it was a, a nightly thing until all of a sudden Frank was off the air, and I later found out he was wounded.
0: What month and year were you there? From when to when?
1: Oh, so I was there from uh, late April till, well, let's see, uh, the August of 69, I went on my 30-day uh, uh, extension leave. Okay. So, I was there like 17 months.
0: Okay, okay. And uh, oh, just out of curiosity, where, where, did you go home for your extension leave? Well, you better believe it. Uh-huh. There,
1: there were a lot of girls in my high school class that had remained unsucked previously.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- wh- what'd you do for R and R?
1: Uh went to Hawaii and then I went home. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my first my first R and R was Bangkok, and that was a, a an aptly named city, and. Uh, <laughs> But when I got my second one, our first sergeant, Top Langford, said, "Now I know you're from the West Coast, and you're going to Hawaii, and you're not married, but I advise against going home." And I went, "Okay, Top," and did so anyway.
0: <laughs> there wasn't—you're right. There wasn't much adult supervision at that time.
1: <laughs> no, no, and that was the good part because we knew our jobs. Yeah, yeah, and, and in my opinion. Some, if not... Uh, some, definitely not all of the lifers uh, were better at fucking with us than they were at letting us do our jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, tanks are such a multi, uh, uh, multi-factional uh, entity. You know, you got to work on them, you got to clean them, you got to maintain them because your life is uh, you know, pretty dependent on all of those. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, um, it's kind of like the old car club that I was in in high school in 67 before <laughs> before the uh, uh, law got on me and I joined the Marines.
0: Uh-huh. Are, you a, are you a 67 graduate of high
1: school? I'm a 67 non-graduate.
0: 67 non-graduate, okay. But that's nonetheless, okay, so 67 was my year as well, so yeah, say, that no, would I make that. you 72 Right on the spot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'll be seventy two in November. So
1: Well you boot motherfucker. I, <laughs> I, I turned
0: seventy two on June first. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's well, you know. I'm I'm a spring chicken for crying out loud. So yeah, that was well, you used to be. Yeah, well that's true. Yeah, not so much anymore. So what uh, d- d- let me ask this question. Did we ever meet face to face when we were nine? No,
1: not until the Seattle reunion.
0: That's what I thought. That's exactly what but I thought.
1: We, we, we spoke before that once I found out that you were alive and where to contact you.
0: Yeah. But
1: uh, you no, know, we never met face to face until like 52 years later. Yeah. I, I
0: remember that phone call. That phone call was, Hi, Tree, this is Crazy Lehman. I went, Huh? <laughs> yeah. Then <laughs> it took me a second to that. Oh, okay. It it's talk about blackouts, yeah. you know.
1: Well, no, just switch your phone over to seventy-five nine five on your FM dial. Yeah, yeah,
0: that, yeah, that's right. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so, what kind? What can you talk a little bit about operations?
1: Well, um, that's one of the things I have a real hard time either remembering or or knowing. Uh, you know, we did. So much stuff with the Ninth Marines. Uh, and uh, when I was in Charlie Company, we were sort of a, a attached supporting uh, uh, Foxtrot 39. Oh, okay. And we did just a shitload of, you know, sweeps along the fire break and, uh-huh. uh, um, you know, Garrison's Geo Garrison's Ocean View. You know, where they went, we went. Yeah. Seemed like. You had and we in those days we were based out of out of Contien mostly mm-hmm. um if you look on the on the cover of tracks two uh-huh. that's me and my buddy mike blasting mm-hmm. out of i'm driving blasting out of contian on a mission okay. and uh if you go back to tracks one, I think it's page forty four or something like that in Cone's article yeah uh, it, it shows us coming back from that mission. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Same grunts on the tank, you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a, a, a real, a, a good flashback. Yeah. Did, did you ever work with 1-9? Never. Uh, we, we went to Contien when 2-9 relieved 1-9. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Because, one-Nine, of course, is, I, you know, we worked with One-Nine a couple of times. And
1: I yeah, was, I think that was an alpha company thing. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, And uh, I would have preferred to, in fact, we did work with the, uh, uh, the Third uh, much more frequently and, and somewhat more happily, I have to say. Yeah. The, the Walking Dead were was not my first choice to go out in the bush.
1: No, but you never had a choice.
0: No, well, no, that's true. You just <laughs> sure didn't. <laughs> that's very true. But, you
1: know, I think that, you know, from what I knew then, and uh, from the guys in 2-9 that after the Marketplace massacre mm-hmm. that 1-9 had, uh, that they really got their shit together and there were a crack in it. But yeah. uh, I think they were real proud of the handle of the Walking dead, that's for sure. Yeah. 2-9 yeah, was hell in a helmet.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. One one nine was ferocious, without a doubt. Absolutely ferocious.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, they would already been the case on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, separate apart from the 26 Marines. And those guys had their shit together. It's just that, you know, they walked into a a, a bunch of dog shit and stepped in this, every yeah. one of them at the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, that
0: was. Uh, can Can you describe a little bit about that? I mean, just in general terms. I don't know that you need to be. Well, I here.
1: wasn't. I wasn't there in uh, July of sixty-seven when the marketplace thing happened, but we sure swept through it a bunch of times yeah. in sixty-eight, and uh, you know, not a drop of contact. But the bottom line was being able to see, you know what had happened being uncorrelated with all the stories you heard.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was a bad spot. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So was that so was that church just helping it. Uh I remember we took just so much incoming uh-huh. uh but until we blew the steeple because they were using that as a naming stake. Oh, ah,
0: okay. Okay. Well that'd be yeah.
1: That would be yeah. yeah. I got excommunicated for that one.
0: Yeah, but you probably saved a lot of lives with, with with that one.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure of that. You know, it's just that the Russian Orthodox Church didn't really care for me after my mom read them the letter of us blowing up that church. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's, it's you know, better to come back alive than to have a church.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I said uh, I've got at least six more gods on my side, so not to worry. <laughs>
0: there you go. So... Oh, gotcha! So you were you were along the ocean a
1: lot. Uh, well, yeah. It seems like you know when I first got there, uh, reported in, got sent to Charlie Company, um, and died out was just actually it was still going on, but the actual died out battle itself had been won. But we were on the river, uh, up and down the river, and Langford wrote a great article about. Tank grunts, oh. because we didn't have that many grunts for protection. Um, so he turned us into them. And that night, we'd be one guy on the tank and two, if not three, of us would go out on uh, uh, ambushes and stuff. Because oh. Top Langford was from the Ninth Marine. Oh, okay, okay, I
0: didn't know.
1: Yeah, he, he was a gunner sergeant, but yeah. that was a pretty good story he wrote. And yeah. uh, so, and, you know. It's really good because you mentioned my name, but um. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's always good when that happens. works for me. <laughs> there was a an Arvin unit out there. Did you operate with him?
1: Yeah, First Arvin's, uh We operated, you know, with a uh, kind of a theoretical dividing line on the map mm-hmm. of what their AO was and what our AO was. And mm-hmm. Uh, I never got involved with it, but, you know, to our west, you know, going towards you know, the Camelot River, mm-hmm. uh, Quaviet, we we heard, you know, that there were some um, friendly fire incidents, but, you know, most of us decided that Marines and servants was not friendly fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw, I had a, one instance, this was, oh gosh, fairly late, maybe April or maybe around April of 69, but we were out sweeping that area west of Charlie 2, and and uh, oh, yeah. they, uh, we were working with an Arvin group, and uh, we got pinned down, or actually they got pinned down by uh, two or three uh, bunkers or pillboxes, however you want to say that. And, and uh, the, uh, the Harvin said, well, tanks, you go up there and clear them out, and then we'll come up behind you. Yeah, and, we're right
1: behind you. Yeah.
0: And my lieutenant said, ah, ah, that ain't the way that works. And, no. And it turned out that he had to line up his entire uh, platoon and shoot somebody in the foot to get him to move. That's right. I kid you not. He shot him in the foot. man. Yeah, they just they were they just weren't going to go, and
1: well, that's headed straight for the legal department. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, I I wasn't real keen about operating with Arvin.
1: Just, no, nobody was. Yeah, they, you it, know, uh, if you uh, read Sergeant Wrenchy's story in Leatherneck of last year, you know, Pete Rich says that there was this. Arvin company, at least with them, with a, a army uh, advisor, and after they hit the mine, it was like they kept going. Yeah, you know, and they were headed west towards Guanxi, and it was right. getting dark, and you know that's when the arvin stopped dropping the party. Yeah.
0: Well, I've also we we operated out in Leatherneck Square one time with them, and. We we could always tell when we were getting close. They would they would start to drop back, and oh, yeah. that, that's how we knew that's how we knew that uh, we were going to hit the
1: shit. Well, you know that great old thing about Arvin rifles that were never fired, and only dropped one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: that's, that's yeah, true. Well, the French make a similar rifle. <laughs>
0: Uh, did you did you serve on a single tank or did you kind of rotate around with several... I
1: rotated around, uh, at least in Charlie Company. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I started out not knowing where I was when they sent me up on the river. So I I was like a mechanic for otters for a while. Uh-huh. And then I got picked up uh, right after our company commander got killed. And I think that was July, maybe. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and so I was, became the driver on four one, which was his tank. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, but with Charlie Company, I was always in headquarters for June, So oh. it was either that or of the flame tank, you know, the South Devil's Disciple.
0: Oh, so you were on a flame as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. But I was the driver. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I didn't even know how to energize that. You know, stuff in the turret. But uh, fortunately, my very best friend, Mike Andre, uh, who was the TC, mm-hmm. we operated as a two man crew for quite a while out in the, uh, the next Square and so on and so forth. And uh, he knew everything and was able to control the 30 cal and the, and the, and the flame tube from the cupola. Yeah. And I just. Uh, Tried to go where he asked me to go
0: right right well I've, I've always thought that I, I certainly enjoy tanks uh, tremendously and, and but there was nothing I mean you know having an m48 roll up on top of you is one thing but having a was it an m67 I think it is the flame
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: have that rolled up on on a, on a bad guy and and suddenly the latrine is right there in the foxhole. Oh, shit.
1: And the barbecue.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that's absolutely right. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> the yeah, them dudes snug like pork. Yeah. That, well, that was, that was, uh, yeah.
1: I, well, we thought they'd smell like fish.
0: <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, my God. Um, so, you, uh. See- Charlie. Remember Baker, they left their childhood. Why I asked that question was, as I recall, I was in 2nd Platoon, and I stayed in 2nd Platoon, Alpha Company, my yeah. entire tour, tour, my entire oh, 13 Oh,
1: yeah, months. well, I never had that luxury, but, well, you know, one of the significant facts was that, you know, we never even knew everybody in our own platoon uh, that well oh, and that right. deep and then, you know, you know that's, you know, because of being so spread out. But right. Jesus Christ, when the whole company got together for some steaks, man, it was like going to someone else's factory
0: Yeah, yeah. So did, did you have, did you have a, as an FNG, did you have somebody that you kind of latched on to and... and uh, I did. Tried to learn. Did you want to share
1: yeah, that? Uh, yeah, there was a a guy in Charlie Company I'd gone to high school with and been on the wrestling team with me, uh, in- in- Ingram, uh, that uh, Ron Ingram, um, that was my my rabbi when I first got into Charlie Company, uh-huh. you know, because we knew each other from before. Right. But, uh, I don't think I'd been there a month, maybe a month and a half when, you know, he was, Doing what everybody told him not to do, which was popping that gooks outside of the cupola of his tank. I think it was first platoon, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, he got one right through the head. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that really saddened me. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I've been—I don't want to say under his wing, but I've been, you know, pals with him for long enough. My time in the Vietnam that I was able to. And take everything that he taught me and yeah you know yeah yeah everything except popping at gooks with your m16 yeah
0: yeah that's yeah i had a a, a guy Canadian, Burke Treville, that uh, I learned from and I really credit him with keeping me alive while I was there yeah
1: so everybody needed a rabbi
0: yeah absolutely absolutely you, you couldn't you really couldn't survive without one No,
1: I mean, when I was uh, uh, in Bravo Company, after Charlie uh, stood down, my rabbi was our platoon sergeant, uh, uh, Staff Sergeant Jim Jewell. And then, uh, of course, you know, I was in Pete's platoon. And uh, he's such a great leader. I mean, we got it done, and we didn't get hurt.
0: Yeah. I had a, a cohort of his with Hank Fuller. That they knew each other, and Hank was an outstanding platoon leader. Just yeah. So yeah, they 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 were there. But you know, both of those guys did uh, early tours with the Grunts.
1: So they all did. Uh, Beats spent, I think, it was ninety days before he went to Bravo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Generally, that's yeah ninety. Uh, Hank did a little long, as I recall. Hank did a little longer than that. For some yeah. reason, but yeah, yeah, before they before he came over. So,
1: um, yeah. oh man, that was that. You know, when, when I first got there, and uh, you know, went up to the river, and they were forming provisional rifle companies mm-hmm. out of uh, cooks and bakers and candlestick makers and uh, tank mechanics. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know. I would go hide behind an otter or something when they were coming around, you know, yep. looking to Shanghai people. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not what I was trained for. That's not what I wanted to do. Right. And I really dug tank, Yeah. you know, and I had a dual MOS of 1811 and 2141. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I didn't feel personally that, that government should waste all that money. They spent on me training me could become, you know, yeah. an O three, 3
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I know th- this is a little off track, but uh, uh, the one time I got into really deep trouble with Hank was uh, for some reason we pulled the short straw on um, uh, KP back in Dong Ha. And, really? Yeah, oh yeah, and I I... I argued with him up one side, down the other, said, didn't want to go, don't like it, don't want to do it. I'm a I'm a tanker. I want to be here. Yeah. Uh, and he said, too bad. Well, I went down and managed to uh, get enough uh, uh, trench foot to get returned after three days. Oh no joke. Uh, yeah. And he...
1: You weren't wearing socks either, right? No, uh-uh.
0: And he was furious oh my you know it's, he just yeah. I, you know I just my my only place was was the bush that was you know don't don't send me anywhere I just as soon be out there I,
1: yeah know. let me do what I can do best
0: exactly exactly so and I did I was
1: a, I was a lance corporal. With probably the most time and grade as in the last corporal in the entire I Corps, and I was uh, eventually at Ocean View. I was a tank commander of four one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's they yeah. had to promote me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got I got made a corporal without my knowledge and uh, uh, without any real reason. Now I know what the real reason was, but, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I was making another $60 a month. Whoopee.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's back when we were really rolling in the dough.
1: Well, as a PSC I believe it was around 94 bucks a
0: month. That's exactly right. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's a, as a Lance Corporal, I was making like 175. Yep. Yep. And, uh, we had a nice little business going, me and Mike and Drake, uh because the plane tank needed a compressor, and ours got blown up, and some incoming. So we go over to the airstrip in Quantry mm-hmm. and, and charge the the plane tank, and then we let the helicopter pilots either drive it or at least go for a ride. Yeah. Uh, and they all wanted war souvenirs, and man, we had a sponsor box full of SKSs Oh wow! So we started trading that for cases of uh, Johnny Walker and, and Jim Beam. Oh wow! And uh, and then selling those on and buying more war souvenirs from other people that we knew and taking them over there. You know, sometimes we get a good helmet and we have to shoot a hole in it to make it look real. <laughs> uh, but but we always did it with an SKS. So it was you know yeah it was cut. There was continuity, and uh, it was just such a a, a trip to deal with the uh, the Air Wing. I think it was HMM three five three or something like that. You know, they had the forty sixes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, we even got to go for a ride in, in one once, and kind of get to fly at a treetop level, which. I said I would prefer my tank with the steering wheel and the <laughs> two-speed yeah. power glide transmission. Yeah.
0: The but, the 46 was the twin rotor, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the banana kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It was twin rotor, but you could tell the Marine ones because they had those stubby little wings in the back.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the Army
1: once had the, that same deformity as the fuselage going all the way four and aft.
0: Yeah. I got I got one ride in the helicopter while I was there and that was I would have yeah. just soon not had that ride. But
1: the only ride I ever got was with those guys and it wasn't even tactical.
0: <laughs> wow. So, uh, did you ever work in the in the um, repair shop back at, at Dongha? No. Huh, just out of curiosity, how how were the twenty-one forty ones split up? Were you all eighteen elevens as well as twenty-one forty ones, or?
1: No, no. I was the reason I didn't spend much time there is because when I was waiting to go to tank school, uh, when I was waiting to go to tank school, huh. they only had uh, what they called. Uh, you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead.
1: Uh, while I was waiting for tank school, they had an opening in or mechanic school. They had an opening at tank school, and you know the Marines—they don't waste a thing. Yeah. Uh, make you use both sides of the paper when you wipe your ass, and uh, so I went to tank school and then uh, to mechanic school, and they even—I—I uh, I had a. You remember military driver's licenses?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I had one for, you know, M151 jeeps, and I had one for M48 tanks, and I had one for wow. M51 retrievers. Yeah. And uh, I had one for uh, articulated rough terrain forklifts. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Did you
0: did you ever operate on the retriever?
1: Uh only briefly. Briefly, um, the one in Charlie Company was always down, but I went to Bravo and helped them install the new motor they'd been waiting for for about six months. Oh wow! And uh, and I got on it with Staff uh, Sergeant Ranchi, uh, and uh, you know, I think I think I was on it until we got to the home base at Camp Carroll. Oh. And then I got shipped off to uh, Third Platoon with Pete. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Yeah, I, I, I just feet. yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, so I was going to say uh, briefly before that, uh, I was with uh, w- Lieutenant Scales in First. platoon Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, we we had. I, I always thought that if you had to have a retriever come out and tow you, you were in. You were just a. Um, Less than perfect tanker, shall we say? So.
1: Well, uh, yeah, that was that course that we had called self-recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and the, the other side of that, practice that very few retrievers were ever all functional. Oh, I didn't know. See, yeah. those things, things are giant pieces of shit.
0: Oh, is that right? I know. I know they're huge,
1: but. Well they we had gas engines which meant magnetos um, which meant you know you needed a steady supply of uh red pubic hair to order to time them, you know, because the fuel gauges didn't go that tight. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, you know uh they, they were a good idea that one the army ended up with the M eighty eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah probably would have kept me out of retriever my whole time.
0: I well think. it was always nice to have a twenty one forty one on a tank.
1: Yeah that's what when I came down from Ocean View, uh, Mike Andre who was the P C of Devil's Disciple found that I was not only a tanker but also a mechanic and he, and he snapped me up before he even knew how crazy I was.
0: <laughs> so you went to both schools then? Yeah. Wow,
1: interesting. But <laughs> well, you know, in those days, sixty-seven, they were short.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, they. they
1: I remember when uh, at uh, uh, mechanic school, twenty-one forty-one school, mm-hmm. uh, we had to take a big V twelve tank motor, disassemble it. And then rebuild it, put it back together, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up with just like a coffee can full of nuts and bolts that we just dumped down that great big oil tube with a note <laughs> to the next class that said, "Hope you guys can figure out what these ones. because <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that was, and you know, that's the difference. One of the different, one of the many differences between. Marine tankers and army tankers. Army tankers don't fix anything.
1: No, This army would do first essential
0: maintenance. No, no, not at all. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I, I was uh, ran by one one time off the the, the road out of Contienne. We were headed out to a sweep, and there was an army tank on the side, and we I don't know why we stopped, but we stopped for some reason. And I kind of leaned over and said, "Hey, you know, if you need some help, we could we can probably fix it for you." And they said, nah, nah, the mechanics are coming out. We'll be fine. Okie okay, dokie. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, they were coming out in their brand-new Turbo Avenger uh, M88 Retriever, too. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I I just didn't want to be disabled that long.
1: No, absolutely not, especially on the MSR. Yeah, yeah. And that play. I place uh, until 69, that, that was... Such bad news to be on that road. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was Indian country on both sides after you got through Camlow. Uh, That's right. Exactly, um, yeah. it, was, it was absolutely fucked. Yeah. And, you know, I hated buttoning up and all that simply because I like to see what was going on, but yeah. uh, the, the general consensus was you weren't buttoned up. Uh, you'd see what was going on but very briefly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was that that that, that road was uh interesting to say the least. So cool
1: Well on. yeah. I mean they had that thing zeroed all the way from Highway Nine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was well and you know, they I mean it's the same that same was true for uh the washout and Contien and, yeah. and Charlie two and all you know. You just yeah you hear a pop, pop pop and Y- y'all better be close to your tank or your bunker. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Either be prepared to dive in it or dive under it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, at Conte, at least on my experience, was, you know, each, each uh, tank position, each revetment had a bunker. But yeah. The bunker was so funky that we preferred to sleep on the tank. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't sleep in and the bucket very much. I could be compu- I could be completely asleep on my rubber lady on the you know, armor plate uh-huh. and and deep asleep I'd hear the boom boom, boom boom, you know, yeah. and know that there was some incoming and slide off the armor plate and under the plank.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you got uh you got back in in uh late sixty nine?
1: Uh, actually, because of my extension and then the fact that I got hospitalized with malaria while it's on my extension, oh. I I got out in, uh, let's see, maybe March or April of 69 or 70. Yeah. Oh, okay. I still got a, a three-month cut Yeah. <laughs> instead of the six months I was hoping for, but I got busted on Okinawa. I got a hospital. I took a little time off from the Marine Corps because they lost my orders. And then when I heard they were pulling out 3rd Division, I went back to Treasure Island and said, hey, I've been here for about 7 months and I don't have a flight date. And the company gunny goes, bullshit. And I said, prove it. <laughs> and well, what had happened was they walked me in at the end of my 30-day leave extension, mm-hmm. but they never took a copy of my orders. Oh. oh, okay. And that just fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went. To, I went back to college in San Jose State for almost four months. Before you know, in 1970, the uh, San Francisco Chronicle says, the Third Marine Division pulled from Vietnam to Okinawa, and I went. All right, this is my time. Yeah. Yeah. And they treated me like a fucking felon, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: But but you know, when I got to okay now I I got eight hundred dollars back pay. Uh well they couldn't really prove it, but through the first sergeant's network, uh, I was uh, labeled as a you know, shed burdened nine foot wings and uh I uh, I was to be treated terribly. Oh wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but you know, I was a corporal. Yeah, they couldn't fuck with to me too much. Yeah, yeah, but they could bust me. Yeah,
0: that's why I, I, I was the the tail end of my my enlistment was lucky. I when I got out of the hospital, I went down down to Pendleton, and they just sent me there. No orders, they just sent me there. And yeah, I sat in the. Sat in the personnel office for a better part of a day, and they finally came out and said, "Well, where do you want to go?" And I said, ah, "You know, I don't care." And he said, "Well, how about how about the ramp?" And I said, "Sounds good to me. I'll, you know, I'm I'm good with that." So I got a, got a section yeah. down there, and it turned out that for the time,
1: what rank were you then?
0: Corporal. Okay, so uh, I was a, a senior corporal actually. But anyway, uh, so they, they sent me down there, and all the, the, the uh, uh, students that I got were all second lieutenants. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, and you know, from the time...
1: 1502.
0: Yeah, and from the time I picked them up until the time I dropped them off, didn't have to salute, didn't have to do any of that stuff, didn't stand a single inspection, didn't stand a fire watch, didn't, nothing. And and then they came around in in uh, January and said, "Well, looks like you got 13 months left." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, would you like to get out?" I said, "Which way is yeah, the gate?" Really. You know, very Polish. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was the, that last. I was really lucky because you know, I, I was I was way too salty for. Uh, you know, standard inspections and oh yeah, wow. uh, all that stuff. Uh, and
1: that's why I extended because I couldn't even begin to see being a garrison marine again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah, after yeah, you're right. It's, it's just I thought they sent us home too soon. I would have yeah.
1: After you're an 18 year old kid with 52 tons of firepower and no adult supervision. I don't know. How in
0: the hell are you going to get back to the farm? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. It's just, uh, I don't know. It was, well, and they chased a bunch of us out. They, I actually got an offer for, uh, you know, they said, well, if you want to stay in, we'll make you a sergeant and we'll do this, that, and the other thing. I said, you know what? I don't think so. <coughs> and then I oh, turned, yeah. and I turned right back around and by... Uh, June of uh, 70, I got out in February, late February, and by June of 70, I was in college. <coughs>
1: Excuse me. Yeah, well, you know, um, you got lucky because they asked you if you wanted to re up because that was during the uh, RIFs, you know, the reduction of forces. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I was on Okinawa, still in Bravo Company, uh, my company commander was going to give me a shipping over lecture. And I walked in, closed the door, sat down, and uh, he goes, well, this is kind of ludicrous. And I said, it sure is. And uh, so we we drank some beer. Uh-huh. So that won- wonderful uh, Kieran beer. Oh, yeah. You know, the big bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had several of those. And then I walked out of there with my shipping over lecture complete.
0: Well, that's a good way to spend it. That's that's a pl- that's, yeah, it was out of my hands. Yeah. but
1: you know what the
0: hell. Well, you know the interesting thing was was that at the time I was in in the this I mustering out place, and there was a sergeant with a family. He had a, a wife and a couple of kids, and they just booted him out. At the same time that they were saying, "Well, you know, we'll give you a sergeant's rank," I was single, of course, and and we'll you know we'll promote you, and 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 all you got to do is just re up. And I, it was kind of goofy you know, time.
1: I know, but it was crazy in that. Um, I think what I was trying to say is that you were, you know, considered, uh, you know, among the fortunate. You were the chosen to to actually remain in. my recruiter. He says, you want to go for six? And I said, no. Want to go for four? Uh-uh. You want to go for three? Yeah, let me try that out and if I like it, I'll, I'll go yep. for more.
0: Yep. That was me. And
1: probably one of the smartest things I ever thought
0: of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I just didn't think I wanted to do more than three. I thought three years out, I'd be about 21 and, you know, I'm ready to do other things. And so
1: you make it now. Those were the yeah. days, you know. September '67, when boot camp for me, anyways, got cut down to eight weeks because yeah. you know there were so many dead Marines laying around. Yeah, well, well, yeah,
0: those were know yeah, ten times. Um, well, let's let's uh, let's wrap this up. And yeah, um, any uh, any uh, particular. Words of wisdom or last comments you'd like to make before we uh, shut it down?
1: Well, you know, I've been thinking lately about what's going to go on my tombstone, and the The one that's the winner so far is it wasn't what I thought.
0: (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, believe me, brother, it's true.
0: Yeah, that's well, yeah, it was. Yeah. Stepped off.
1: Yeah. Hey, let's let's do this again because i have got a couple other tall tales for you. Yeah, that, you know, some of my lies are true. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, I hope you got what you need for this month's uh, injection.
0: Oh yeah, no, this was great, Andy. Uh, I'm just I, I'm thrilled to death that uh, we a- we actually got together. Been a, it's been a long time since we've had a conversation i mean real conversation so
1: yeah yeah no I mean, it was a difficult birth but uh, you know talking to you right now is just like talking to you on the bullshit streak
0: mm-hmm. yep
1: absolutely you know yeah tell me what you can and, and tell me what you you're done and where you are and all that and we never really i never knew where you were mm-hmm. and i got he knew where i was every time we used to talk and it was I think in every night nice thing.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It was yeah, depending on 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 watches and things like that. But yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That was uh, that little pressure valve uh, release. Exactly.
1: I was I was gonna say the same thing. You know, you know, like that thing on top of an old pressure cooker that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when enough enough heat builds up, you know, you gotta you gotta share the love.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I thank you very much. And, yeah, we will do this again. No, no question about that.
1: Um, yeah. Um, send me a text and let me know how I can find it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to uh, to see what this is, and I'd like to listen to your other podcast.
0: Yeah. Okay. Not a problem. Okay. So let me do, let me do this before we let you go, then. Uh, I want to say thank you all for tuning in, and a special thanks to Crazy Lima, our guest. Remember to spread the word about tracking our history podcasts. Uh, the more people that know about marine tanks in Vietnam, the more we will we will be better equipped to understand the past, the present, and into the future. The next episode is episode 18, and will feature the hack. In this episode, we will learn all about driving a blade tank. That that episode should be another keeper. Uh, along with gun tanks, flame tanks, and now the blade tank episode coming up. We also have, uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a uh, Marine who uh, went from uh, private to colonel and was uh, uh, at at the beach landing. So he's going to have a lot to talk about with, with all the flowers and whatnot and wading ashore and all that sort of stuff. So I thank you all for listening. And uh, the music this week has been uh, uh, "It's Good Night Saigon" by Billy Joel. Permission granted through the appropriate licensing authorities. Until later, Hey
1: Frank. Yeah. Uh, before we go, yeah, I'd like to issue uh, my own heartfelt sympathy and to everybody else that, that knew him to uh, Colonel Bill Davis, who was our commanding officer at Bravo when. You know, we were at Camp Carroll and Danegriff and that. Yeah. He died. Uh, I think about three weeks ago uh, of pancreatic cancer, and he mm. he passed away uh, a week after they diagnosed it. Wow. So, God bless to him. I know he's mm. uh, probably in charge of the Marines that are guarding the gates of heaven. Yeah. And uh, you know the old last stanza of, of the of hymn is, if the Army and the Navy ever look on heaven's shores, yep. they will find their wives are sleeping with <laughs> the United <laughs> States Marines. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And with that, we'll say, uh, and so it goes. And so it does. Semper
1: Fi, brother. Semper Fi.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Na, 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 na. picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and
0: sound he's left Crete he's entered the demilitarized zone ah, na, na,
1: na, 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 na. all right hey, what is this demilitarized zone what do they mean police action sounds like a couple of cops in Brooklyn, to me hey whatever it is I like it but I get you on your toes better than a strong cup of cappuccino what is a demilitarized zone it sounds like something out of the Wizard of Oz oh no don't go in there oh he, oh, oh Jimmy Follow well, the foochie men trail! Follow
0: well, the foochie trails. trail! Oh, I'll get you, my pretty! Oh, my God, it's the Wicked Witch of
1: the North! It's Hanoi the <laughs>